One. <laughs> you can't just go to one. I didn't. Right, I well, went to two, then one. What the hell? I didn't. Okay, well, I didn't hear that part. Anyway, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Untitled Hoops podcast. Uh, we are back again. Uh, this is the podcast mainly about, not mainly about, strictly about. I mean, we talk about other shit sometimes, too. But about basketball, mainly the NBA, mainly the 76ers. Uh, I am your host, Sean. Over there is your other host, Marquise. Uh, Marquise, say hi. Oh, okay. All right. That's a way. That's a one way to start it off. Uh, but yeah, um, NBA draft happened. Uh, me and Marquise talked about it briefly at work, and I made the uh, admission that, to be honest, after pick, I want to say seven, I had no idea who anybody was. I did not watch. Wait, a lot time of out, time out, time out. Year. You didn't. You didn't see Toronto get Dick. I did. No, no, no. I. I, I I saw Grady. I saw Grady Dick go to Toronto, and I did want to ask you about that because I thought that was kind of interesting. But I didn't watch as much college basketball last year as I normally do, so I didn't know most of the picks. Did it? Did but, it um, so so it surprised you that they took Dick so soon? No, not at all. I thought Dick might go a little higher. Damn, you thought Dick might have been higher? Yeah, I thought I thought Dick might have went a little higher. I did, I just don't think Dick is. I mean, I, I thought Dick wasn't even that good, you know what I mean? And he's Kansas. He came from Kansas, so it's Kansas Dick, basically. So, and you know, that's like those greatest Dick that, that that that's out there. So now Joel Embiid came from Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also wasn't Dick, you know what I mean? He was Embiid. He was Kansas okay. Embiid. It was a Kansas Dick. Now he's Toronto okay. Dick. So I hate Dick. I hate Dick now. Okay. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I knew that joke was coming in somewhere. I knew some I knew something some variation of that joke was coming at some point. I'm glad we got it out the way earlier and even though it probably will come up again. It will. Um it will. but yeah, but but first off, let's say obviously congratulations to all the people who were picked. Um I, I guess some highlights, uh Amen and Asur, I believe is Asar. how you pronounce his name. Asar. Asar. Yeah. Uh twins. They were they were picked uh top five. First brothers picked top five. No, ever. they weren't. Yeah, they were. A- Amen Amen was f- fifth. And Asar was no Asar was sixth. I thought it was four and five. Mm. You sure? Hundred percent. Okay. Well, they were, anyway, they were the first two brothers to get uh, drafted in the lottery. Oh, okay. And I'm and sure the they were probably year. the first two brothers to get drafted back to back. No, um, Marquise and Mar uh, and, and uh, Marcus went back to back. Really? I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't remember that draft much. Or at least I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that draft much. But anyway, um, congratulations to them. Uh, and then of course. Grady Dick going in Toronto. I wanted to ask you, Grady Dick going in Toronto, does that because he is a, a I mean, he's a good shooter. He's not just a shooter, but he, he can shoot the ball. Does that more or less mean that Gary Trent Jr. probably not staying in Toronto? Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Gary Trent has a player option, so he can opt in. Um, You know, it's kind of it's whatever he feels like. He might even opt in to get a sign-in trade or whatever. 
But I mean, most likely. And then, like, people thought it was, like, kind of a reach because they saw Grady going in more so in, like, the, you know, the mid to high teens. And mm. for him to be, I think he was 13th, which means he's going to be a great player because, you know, if you get drafted 13, it's kind of – your career is kind of good. It's just, like, the percentage of a thir- the number 13 all overall pick, just so many. Kobe, yeah. Devin Booker. Uh, I think I think Donovan Mitchell was 13. It just it just seems like a. I believe Giannis was thirteen or fifteen. He was fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I just think um it was a smart pick. Um, he provides shooting, and like a lot of their problems is they only had one shooter, and obviously they're probably going to have that same problem again. But you know, yeah. I think the way Barnes, you know, playmaking, I think uh, Barnes can really use Dick well. Okay. All right. I mean, just think, I look on how everybody can use Dick. Because, like, because Coloco can be posting up, and then maybe he gets a double. Maybe he becomes Joel Embiid. He passes out to Dick. Dick just raining. Can you just imagine Dick just raining threes? Just everybody just, oh, shit, Dick is going crazy. Can you imagine you Mike keep, Breen? Why do you keep pronouncing, why do you keep calling him by his last name? Because we don't we call everybody by their next name, last name? No, we don't. I mean, come on. Can you imagine Mike Breen, like, he's going in a close game. Oh, my God, Dick is going crazy. Like, I can see that. Sean, you froze. I was going to say, who I heard you, but I was going to say, you said who Breen is going to announce it? Mike Breen. Just like yeah, it sounded like you just—it's like you just said someone's first name. Oh, uh, but that's a commentator. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I normally go by the last name. No, you don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it's a lie. You know who they should sign? Rudy Gay. <gasps> they should sign Rudy Gay and Kevin Love. So they can just stand next to each other and you can see love gay dick. How? This is ridiculous. It is? It is what? What is it, Sean? It's ludicrous is what it is. It is. It is. Stupid. <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> I ran out of big words. I ran out of big words. Um, oh, my third word. Actually, you know what's crazy? The reason you said big, big, like, dick is about 6'8", so that's a big Oh, my right God. There. Okay, <laughs> all right, shut big up. Dick. <laughs> Biggest dick I've ever seen. Um, can we, uh, <laughs> not bigger than mine. Um, can we, um, just, just, like, move on from the next... Victor Victor went number one. There was no surprise. Um, yes, Victor Wembanyama. You know. about to say Victor Oladipo? I heard you. I was not about to say Victor Oladipo. Oh, okay. It sounded like you were. Oh no. But yes, Victor Victor Wembanyama went number one. I think this was one of those drafts where it's kind of like the draft really started to, because pretty much everyone knew who the number one pick was going to be. I mean, um, it started at two, but we all knew who the top three were going to be, though. But we didn't know the order. Yeah. Because there was obviously a lot of debate over, you know, who was going to be the number two pick. We knew who the top three were going to be, but who number two was going to end up being was, you know, it was still a little bit up in the air. I was a little bit surprised that 
the Hornets didn't go with Scoot, uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you can kind of go either way with both of them, but I feel like, I don't know, something in me is just telling me Scoot Henderson is going to be the second, if not best player in this draft. Yeah, he kind of has that mentality. He kind of reminds me of a, yeah. a Russell Westbrook. He has a already has a great mindset, a great work ethic. Um, he just yeah. seems very mature for his uh, age. And, I mean, going to Portland, um, who knows what that means for Portland. Doesn't mean Dame is going to, uh, you know, get traded. Um, you see Dame and Jimmy Butler sharing posts and shit. Dame is listening to Welcome to Miami. Jimmy's listening to Damien's uh, – Dame Dollar's music, you know, nobody does that, so he, he must mean something. And it's just crazy. Um, no, I'm just saying, just like, it's rude for no reason. How's it rude? Because he he's, he wants to go to Miami. He's not trying to come here. So like, you know, it's whatever. But to say that nobody listens to his music, that's just mean. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure his kids listen to it. I don't think that. It, I don't think that's actually even true. I think it's more so like maybe his. Um, I got a question. You think Dick's what? like? You think Dick likes his music? <laughs> you know, this is Dick is getting a hard split while listening to his music. You were the one who said, "Let's move on." <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. You should know better. <laughs> you should know better. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, also, there was only 50, 58 draft picks because of tampering. Uh huh. Yes. yes. Uh, Bulls tampered with, uh, I forget, was it Alex Caruso? No, it was Alonzo. And you see how that worked out. Yeah. Um, and then we tampered with uh, um, PJ. PJ and Daniel House. I don't, I don't understand why you tampered with Daniel House. You probably would have came yeah. if you offered him a cheesesteak. Um, it, it, just, <laughs> it just didn't make sense. I'm sorry. It just didn't make sense. No, to, it didn't. If you're losing one for PJ, okay. Losing one for Daniel House is absurd. For him to right. not even play, majority. You could have traded for Daniel House the second round pick. You could have not like. <laughs> you could have traded for Daniel House for cash and consideration. Yeah. What's the consideration uh, part? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't like, think anybody knows. I don't think it's real. I think it's honestly just a loophole for them to get over on like not offering the team anything significant. So we just want to give you some consideration. It's like it's like a team that literally just wants to get rid of a player, and they're just like, we don't even need anything back. Just take his contract, please. Is that the consideration part? Maybe. Please. They were considerate by taking this contract from us. Very considerate. But perhaps big trade happened. Uh, I think either the same day or is the day before. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit. I don't know whether it was on the podcast or at work. Um, Chris Paul is now a member of the Golden State Warriors, and uh, he was traded for. Um, literally, it's it's weird that you see a thirty eight year old traded and be the best player traded. It's very weird. It's very rare that the team that trades the thirty eight year old gets the biggest package back. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I think this was an interesting trade because. I think Jordan, the whole situation with Jordan Poole and Draymond, and obviously, and by the way, Draymond opted out of his uh, contract. He, he opted out with his player option. But the whole thing with Jordan Poole and Draymond seems like it just couldn't be rectified. 
and they just needed to move on from Jordan Poole. So they were just going to take back the best player that they could get in exchange for him. Not to say that Chris Paul was the best like player, but he was the best player that was definitely available. No. Um it was some reports that the Jordan Poole table the Jordan Poole trade was also on the table for the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul, but they decided to go with Bradley Bill instead right. of uh instead of Jordan Poole. Which is the better option. <laughs> I mean, one is significantly more cheaper. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're talking about and we, we got to talk about this Bradley Beal trade a little bit more because I still think it was one of the stupidest things ever. But I, I think if you're talking about a team that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, a team that was in the finals two years ago, like, obviously they want to win now. And I'm not saying Jordan Poole isn't capable of helping a team like that, but they lost Chris Paul, who was like their third star. They need another third star in return. They can't get a guy like Jordan Poole, who's really good, but he's not a star yet. Like, he hasn't reached that level yet in the league. So getting somebody like Bradley Beal, who's proven, even though he hasn't had as much postseason success as Jordan Poole has, but obviously, you know, there's other circumstances at play there. But I think that's more so what the players already there probably wanted, That meaning the Phoenix Suns. They probably wanted a guy like Bradley Beal more than a guy like Jordan Poole. And I feel like this Bradley Beal contract is – is uh kind of like the Tobias Harris contract. Whereas though, like, you are hoping to get a player like him no matter what, but, like, the contract limits you in so many other areas that you kind of – I feel like if they don't win a championship, which I don't see them doing, I don't – I probably top five at best record-wise because who's going to come to play with you guys unless it's, like, friends of them, like, fucking have DeAndre Jordan come to the Suns. Like, I don't – like, I – I just don't see much people and like and the people that like playing there you trade it away. Yeah. And it it just I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are looking at Kevin Durant and going, I don't know if he can do it. Um not just he can't. not not because of play, but just because of his like look look at his track record. Everywhere he goes, either the team gets better after he leaves or the team just fucking sinks while he's there. Lucky for him, the Golden State Warriors already had a core of people that he was added to, right? Yeah. Literally, once he got to Brooklyn, they were worse. Once he left Brooklyn, they got better. Like, it was it, – it, he. I mean, you could say that, I guess, about any superstar. You could say that about LeBron James as well. When he leaves a team, you just see, see all the carnage of, like, people he got paid or his friends that he wanted around and shit like that. You just see their bodies just being there smiling like counting their money because they're no longer competing for a championship anymore but it's just like you look at Kevin Durant and you see his track record as like as a player why do I want to go play here and take a significantly less yeah to to lose because we're it's going to be a whole bunch of like as as a player that you're looking for you're not looking for young players you're looking for veteran guys so like you look around and you go well damn our starting five is cool but like I look around and I see a lot of other players like me, and I know I ain't I ain't really on shit. So like right. like like so I don't know. I'm pretty sure. It's... I... Go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I saw a post a while ago that said something that I thought was ironic, but also pretty accurate. Uh, it said Kevin Durant is the player that 
people have been accusing LeBron James of being for the last decade in the sense that when times get rough, he jumps ship and he just goes somewhere else and he tries to form this super team. And most often it just doesn't work. That's what everybody has accused LeBron of being. And I mean, to some extent you can say it's kind of correct, but at the same time, Kevin Durant fits that description to the T. But, but the difference Whereas, I would say with LeBron, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the, no, the, good. the difference I would say with LeBron is LeBron then went back to the team he left, won them a championship, and then decided, okay, we don't have enough, or I can't win with this group of guys. I think there's different, like if KD would have left the Warriors and went back to OKC and won a championship, I think we, we don't talk about it as much because I feel like that's what right. LeBron got away with. And also – LeBron then went to his next destination and also proceeded to win a championship. LeBron has right. won a championship at every team he's played with. So, like, you can't – I mean, you can say similar paths, but also LeBron just went down a different route at the end well, of the day. not only that, LeBron has never gone to a team that the year prior was better than the team he was on. Yeah, sure. Like, whereas Kevin Durant kind of – I don't want to say does that every year, but or every time, but he left the Thunder to go to the 73 and 9 Warriors. He left the Warriors to go to Brooklyn, which, you know, the the Nets weren't better than the Warriors, but at the same time the Warriors were different because KD and Clay were injured, so mm-hmm. they obviously weren't as good whereas the Nets were, you know, in the playoffs, like they were they were pretty good. Um and then they go from the Nets to Phoenix, who already was again two years ago was the number yeah. one team in the league, <laughs> like dominating, like yeah. Dominating. So, so, and then on top of that, you're constantly going to these teams that are were better than your team, and you're not winning at all. Whereas LeBron goes and he wins, <laughs> so it's like if KD would and Hikari would have won a championship, we don't talk about that, like. We don't talk about it. Like, we would go, no. yeah, he got those two. We would look at it like LeBron. Like, LeBron went to Miami, he got two. But then he went back home. I know that that puts a lot of emphasis on him going back to the team he left. But, like, went somewhere that did not have a championship and won him a championship. If yeah. KD would went to Brooklyn, would have went into New York and won a championship, nobody would have gave a fuck because New York is such right. a big market. New York would not. I guess the media and the love he would get from that would not let anybody downplay what KD had would have done for the for that franchise. So like you, he's kind of and then what makes it worse is that he didn't do it, and then requested a trade out of it, yeah. which which further tarnished his name because you yep. went to a big market and then fucked up big. A lot of the decisions that happened through there was yours. You wanted Kyrie. You wanted James Harden. You wanted all these players. You wanted to trade out um, Jared Allen because you want DeAndre Jordan to get more time. Like, all this stuff, whether it was you or Kyrie, like, you brought on Kyrie. So, like, everything is going to go back to you because you're the best player. Right. So, like, that – And I think Kyrie's Kyrie's in the same boat, honestly. But the difference is Kyrie Kyrie has never (laughs) – Kyrie don't care. Yeah. Kyrie doesn't care. And also, Kyrie has never – I wouldn't even say Kyrie doesn't care. I think Kyrie cares. I think the difference is Kyrie cares because it's annoying. Kevin Durant cares because he thinks that this is going to have like legit impacts on his legacy, which it will. 
But I think Kyrie is just more so like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, because he cares because it's, but because it's like getting on his nerves. But I mean, I don't want to put no down niche. I don't, that's not a no fucking word, but people oh. understand what I'm talking about. But I'm not trying to put nothing I down, down on his on his championships because without him, they would not have won that. Um, but at the same time, with him, it was damn near like guaranteed. Um, it and they did win one without him. I mean, you can argue yeah. the Cavs were depleted, but at the same time, they did win one without him. No, you talking about the the Warriors or the Cavs, the team. Oh, you're talking about LeBron. I'm talking about Kevin Durant. I'm talking about like without KD, I don't see them beating. Um, was it? It was Cleveland both times, right? I don't see them beating them both times. I think I do. I, I mean, not both times, but at least one. Because think about it, they barely beat LeBron. When he didn't have nobody, I mean, they swept them, but like at the same time, it was like every game was competitive. LeBron just didn't yeah. have a number two, and then once LeBron got healthy, once his teammates got healthy, they did it. So it's like I don't know. Even if they did come back three one, they did it, and then they, you kind of go. They have that kind of like that Celtics thing with the Sixers, whereas though no matter what good you do, it's always in the back of your mind that they can fucking beat us. I, but the reason why I think the I don't think the Cavs win both is because, like you said, they swept them the first time, and even when the Cavs came back three one, you also got to remember like the circumstances of some of those games. Like they were also very competitive games, but also Draymond getting like you know suspended for one game. Like that, those were there were some other significant like factors at play that I think. If you give them a seven-game series with everybody healthy, everybody plays every game, it could go either way. So I think I think of those two championships where KD was there, the Warriors still could win at least one of them. And then the third one... I, I didn't say they would win both. I would no, say no, no. The, I, I said they, would, they wouldn't have uh, won both. I don't think... Right. I think they probably would have split. Yeah, I would say that. I would say they could split, but then even then, 2018, the third or the fourth matchup. No, wait. Yeah, because they met four straight years. Mm-hmm. In 2018, the Warriors still win, regardless of Kevin Durant being there or not. Because by that point, Kevin Love was injured and Kyrie was gone. So you're back to square one. You're back to basically 2015, if not worse. Yeah, but I, I, so, I, I don't it's know. It's tough because it's like, so you bring back Harrison Barnes, and it's hypothetical. Because I think Harrison Barnes was like the only person they really lost. I think Sean Livingston, Livingston retired um, during that run. Uh, yeah, and like the Warriors were for so long were just finding players, and people were just playing good for them. They would just magically mm-hmm. just sign a player who like nobody fucking heard of. Just or like, in. or nobody had even thought about even giving them a contract, and they would just yep. magically come in and work, yep. um, because they didn't have to do much. Like the the Murray State, Spates, <laughs> yeah, most Spates, uh, Javale McGee, yeah, like guys who were jokes or like Javale McGee yep. case was a joke of the league, yeah. and then went there once two championships. Nick Young championship, like these guys who, like a lot of teams would just throw like a minimum contract to. And go all right, shoot something or do do some 
dumb shit or like you know just be a part of the team just to fill a spot they turn them into valuable assets that javel mcgee got paid for it um nick young got another shot because more he had more opportunities from it just like guys were getting signed from the warriors and then left the warriors and did nothing because yep. the warrior system made them well i would argue the only exception to that is probably javel mcgee oh yeah because he, he won a championship won another, yep you know he won a championship. It was a was a pretty key piece, I would say. Hundred percent. They had no. They him and Dwight Howard were literally split in time at yeah. center. So, and then, well, I won't say split in time at center because in the, in the finals it was just kind of Javel McGee. Yeah, they, they kind of didn't play Dwight, but you know, it is what it is. I think that was just because AD got way more minutes too. I mean, they didn't have they didn't they put have him at as the many five. lineups with a with a real five. Yeah, they no, didn't have AD, as many lineups with a real five in. Yeah, AD was the five the majority of it because he was going against Bam. Bam was like smaller, smaller yeah. guy. AD could still take him off the dribble stuff like that. It just made sense. Uh, yeah, but yeah, what else? Uh, what else happened? Well, hope, but we we got to finish talking about Chris Paul because I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, but. Like Chris Paul is on the team that has basically been the bane of his existence for most of the latter half of his career, from his time with the Clippers to the Rockets. Like, it was always the Warriors. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this: prediction wise, I have had been in a slump, but I did say the Nuggets is gonna win the championship. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got I got the I got the main one. I did get okay. incorrect everybody who was going to make it to the uh, conference finals. I literally yeah. every every team I said was going to make it did not make it. Yep. Um, but I do think the with Chris Paul added, and uh, obviously this is them in my mind retaining Draymond Green. I think they're the team to beat in the West. Just Possibly. because, just because like CP three, one of those guys who don't need to score. He'll be okay if he got two points, five rebounds, and 15 assists. Yeah. And all those 15 assists will be at the right fucking times. Like, yep. it just be the right times. You got Kevin Looney. Kevin Looney is going to fucking eat. Yeah. You saw his thought his rebounds was crazy. He going to get lobs. He going to get post passes. He's going to get uh, ducking. See, like, Chris Paul is going to see all that shit. Like, you thought Curry did a good job of getting him the ball? Bro's going to eat. I don't know who else is they're going to sign in terms of center-wise because I know Kevin yeah. Looney is their, like, go-to, especially in the playoffs. Um, but, like, I just I just think about that. What Draymond can do and then what CP could do, do and then having CP off the bench or starting whatever you need him to do, I feel like he can – he's not a guy who needs to start. I don't think he's like a James Harden, uh, West, Russell Westbrook, who, like, is going to take him time to adjust. It might take him a little time to adjust, but I don't think it's going to be – a, a fucking storyline every time mm-hmm. he plays that oh he's starting he can't find his rhythm shit like that Chris Paul just wants to yeah. win he's just he just want to win anything yeah. to do to win he's going to do it and um I just think that would imagine running off a screen and fucking losing Steph Curry Chris Paul has the ball just beams that shit like it's just so much they can do with Chris Paul because Steph Curry as good as he is on ball I believe Steph Curry is better off ball, just but just for the fact that you gotta you gotta keep up with him. It's not just guarding him; your cardio has to be elite to keep up with him. And then you have yeah. a playmaker who is smart, who can pass players open. 
You have a guy who can get himself open, and you got a playmaker that can pass somebody open. Those yeah. two go together a lot. So it's, it's, yeah. I feel like they're the team to beat. Also, what I say said about the Lakers when the Lakers uh, and Warriors went to see each other, went against each other. I said if the Lakers win, they're going to lose to the Nuggets, and I said if the Warriors win, they're going to beat the Nuggets for the simple fact of how Steph gets to switch on Jokic and he tires Jokic out. He starts to tire Jokic out. Now you got Chris Paul. So now when yeah. Steph goes to the bench, Chris Paul is going to do the same shit. Pick a roll you to death. So like yeah. that's just and I think the Nuggets are the biggest threat to them. Um, Clippers are already in, in talks of possibly change, uh, tra- uh, trading Paul George. Um, and also, we haven't even seen them healthy to even know what they are. Um, and then they make a trade. Or the they, were, they were supposed to make a trade, but it fell yeah. through. Um, yeah. We're going to get to the other trades, uh, that trade later. Um, they actually went through. But, like, it just, it just, just how smart Chris Paul is and how smart Steph Curry is, like that is like a match made in heaven. And I imagine if Chris Paul was like thirty, he wasn't thirty-seven, he was thirty. That shit would be like, that should be unstoppable. Well, I mean, I, the thing is, like when when it first happened, I, I remember telling you like Chris Paul is essentially about to step into the Sean Livingston role. Like he's going to be expected to come in, hit mid-range shots like be extremely efficient and just like pass the ball and just be just the point guard, the coach on the floor and, you know, be that, that extension of Steve Kerr and what he's going to be able to do for their bench. If he does come off the bench, because the Warriors, the thing is the Warriors are actually a pretty young team. Like a lot of people, because their core is the same Steph, Clay, Draymond, even Kevon Looney, people forget like a lot of the Warriors key, like other players that they have under contract that have been there for a while are pretty young. Like Kavan, I mean, um, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, like a lot of their other, I mean, even Andrew Wiggins, like Andrew Wiggins is what, like a seven year vet. Like he's not, I don't think he's hit or nine year, nine year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he hasn't even hit 10 years yet. So he's not even 30 yet. So it's like there's still a pretty good amount of youth on that team. And I think having Chris Paul, you know, giving them, like, the opportunity to have another, like, true point guard, uh, a, a highly, highly skilled and also high basketball IQ player on the floor, I think it's only going to make them even better. And I think having those types of guys is what has made the Warriors so great all along. Like, not only having Steve Kerr, who himself is a high basketball IQ guy, but having guys like Draymond, who studies the film like a madman, you know, having guys like uh, Steph, who's been in the league forever, Clay, who's been in the league forever. Like, you know, having guys who are veterans, but who also take the actual craft very, very seriously. And then you add Chris Paul to that. So... Think of the I mean, it kind of just seems like a match made in heaven. Think of the possibility of Steph winning ring number five and Chris Paul. Uh, the year Steph wins wing, ring number five, Chris Paul gets his first. Like that, bro, that, I like, I'm at a situation where, like, when the Sixers lose in the second round next year, I think <laughs> <laughs> when they lose, when they lose, 
when they lose in the second round next year, like I want the Warriors to win. Like that's the team that I'm going to root for. Because Steph gets number five, passes LeBron. Number five rings is is ridiculous. Five min- rings puts him in the Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant. Um, it moves him up in his stature. It, it proves his legacy. Chris yeah. Paul. It, it. I mean, Chris Paul legacy has already been written, but like that cements it for yeah. him. Um, it, it probably even puts him up higher in the point guards all time. So like you got two guys who like legacy can continue to grow off of just winning one championship. Yeah. And uh, I just think they're going to be the team I I root for when the Sixers uh, eventually go out in the second round. Stop saying that. What? Stop saying that. Oh, don't sorry. say that. Don't say the Don't Sixers. say don't yeah, don't jinx us. But uh hold on, give me one second. Uh yes. Also, I'm not jinxing us. It's going to happen. <laughs> it is the last we have been in the playoffs because it's just needing you now Sean is being a father for the last what six seven years right I think seven years we've been in the playoffs we've been in the playoffs in 2018 is that is that is that yeah something like that majority of that time 90% 98% I'm sorry 98% of the time we lose in the second round and why am I thinking that this is going to be any different? I don't see the urgency. I don't see any real change. Hello, Sean. Talk yeah, about no, I, there. There weren't any changes. I mean, there were two, but not any significant changes. There is. It's just what makes me go. And I just got a report that Tobias Harris's dad just calls out the Sixers. For what? Um, and 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 I'm gonna quote. I'm using his quote. Tobias Harris's. Tobi- what the fuck? Terrell Harris. Harris's. No, Terrell Harris. I I read it wrong. It, it looks. Oh. It, it says Tobias' dad calls out Sixers. That under it, it says Terrell Harris. It just it confuses me. Terrell Harris says Philly is improperly utilizing his son as a. It just went down. Assassin scorer. Who has ever deemed Tobias Harris as an assassin scorer? I so here's the thing. I'm half and half on this because he's not an assassin scorer. However, I do agree that he hasn't been used properly. I've said this. This is why you I have. said trade him. You have or bring him off the bench. There's no no, you get you can't. I'm done. I've saw it before. I'm not bringing thirty million dollars off the bench again. Just not Listen. doing it. Listen, not doing it. Not again. We have no other option. Yes, you do. Trade them. I mean, yes, yes, you have that <laughs> option. But obviously, like we talked about before, you trade Tobias Harris. What are you looking for in return? A Tobias Harris like player, which sure you might be able to find something kind of like that. But at the same time, oh Sean, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. But uh, if you're watching this and like you just saw the pop up that has been coming up a lot, I have this uh, McCaffrey thing. That keeps popping up and telling me to buy it. It's I think it's McAfee. Mac- Christian McCaffrey is a bat is a what, uh, football. Player. Whatever it's it's that's how I remember it. It just keeps popping up because like my warranty's done. So like if you see this in the in the um in the video, I'm sorry, uh, Sean, back to you, back to you. What you're saying. Well, 
what I was saying was that, like we said before, you trade Tobias Harris. The thing that you're looking for in return is a Tobias Harris-like player, which, to be honest, I'd much rather just bring him up. He's got a year left. But this is the thing. One of the teams, so three teams reportedly were interested in Tobias Harris. Um, one team more than the other, uh, more than the other two, uh, was the Pistons, the Pacers, and I believe, what's the other team? What's the other team? Um, While well, I'm looking at the other team, but the, the big thing was the Sixers were being, um, Sixers were overvaluing Tobias Harris. And I'm trying to look for the other team. Oh, Suns, oh, we just got this 50 minutes ago. Sun Jazz and Mavericks are also showing interest in Tobias Harris. Um, Mavericks have nothing I want. Um, but it was the Cavs. The Cavs were the other team. Cavs, Pistons, and the Pacers. They said the Pacers want Tobias Harris. They like the other teams have uh, the other two. I think more so inquired to see like yeah. what it was. The Pacers want him, right? And the deal, I think. I don't know if they propose a deal, but like if you were outlining a deal, Buddy Hill would have to be the the um main thing to coming back. And like you yeah. look at their team and it's like it's not really on their team because there are a whole bunch of young guys on their team and or players they just signed back. I mean I guess Chris Dorte would be in it and Buddy Hill. Like 'cause like you gotta think you also think you're not getting much back for Tobias Harris. As much as his contract right. is good in a sense of the new CBA, and if you get it, you only take it on for one year, and then you let it go, or you just get, get you know, you get, like, whatever comes with it, most likely a couple seconds, or maybe a protected first, and then you just probably wave him, stretch him out, whatever, stuff like that, pause, and you just, um, <laughs> stop, Judge, stop, why do you do this? Um, it's unnecessary pause. I mean, I just, I just, I just, I, I felt like it had to be there. It didn't, but okay. I, I had to. Okay, whatever. Um, I had to put it there. Uh, it, it was um, it's crazy how I said pause with that, but like I was talking about dick all earlier in the show. It's crazy. Never said pause once. Exactly. Never said pause once. I'm sorry. Um, so like, we actually what say it? What? What? No, dick, never mind. Dick is a great I'm player. Fall in, I'm not gonna fall into your immaturity trap. Okay. Everyone, everyone loves Dick. He's he's a great player. <laughs> You see that red suit Dick was wearing? Look yeah, like, looked like a fucking bedazzled condom. Um, I he I looked inflamed. <laughs> An inflamed, inflamed Dick. Okay. Um, can we, um, you said you said we we're gonna move on. Sean, what happened? What happened? What happened? You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, Sean. <laughs> welcome. I didn't mean it like that. You know, I didn't mean it like that. To the Dick Fan Club. Welcome. No, no. <laughs> welcome. You have to say his first name too. You can't no, just say never. his last name. Never. He would never go by his 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 uh his his first name on this podcast. <laughs> he would never. He. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Anywho. As you were saying about the Pacers, oh, Pacers want him, and I guess they want to get off Buddy Hill, which I don't understand because Buddy Hill kind of fits their team, even though he's older. Tobias Harris, I think, is older than him. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think Buddy is like 28. He could be I was gonna say not by much though. If Buddy Hill is older, I'll be very much surprised. No, he's not older. Um, well, they're, they're the same age. 
Yeah. I knew he wasn't older. I knew they were close, but I knew Buddy wasn't older. Because Buddy was one of those players that came out of college later. And also, remember he, they he came out of like a age? sophomore junior year. Remember they fucked up his age? Yeah. And he was like, yep. no, I, I mean, I just didn't say nothing because like, I thought they were going to change it because I, I submitted everything. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I just thought they didn't they a little messed up. But, um,. Buddy Hill, I, they just fixed their error. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's like, he went from being like, I think he was like twenty six at the time, and then he got put up to twenty seven or something like that. And people were like, damn, he's old. And I'm like, dog, you just <laughs> you fucked up his it's age. One. It's one year. Um, but but anyway, uh, he gets I I make a side get sidetracked it too too often. Um, yeah, Buddy Hill f- would be centered in that package. They really want Tobias Harris. Um, we just did hear about two, three other teams that are interested in him. And also his dad called out the Sixers. So I feel like that kind of uh, makes him the, the trade. I feel like if, if, even if they wasn't, they probably are now. Because normally when the Sixers start to get called out by the dads, this is the third time this has happened, um, well, by the way. And, and this is also a, a bigger deal than normal because Tobias Harris's dad is also his agent. So yeah. – it's not just his dad calling out the Sixers. It's an it's an NBA agent calling out the Sixers. Yeah, and then also one of, one of two things can't happen. You can't lose James Harden and keep Tobias Harris. I don't believe you could also. I feel like you also can't bring back James Harden and keep Tobias Harris. I think you. This is the year he has to go. And then this is just mm-hmm. kind of the icing on the cake of one. It, yes, his dad is his agent. And also, that probably kind of limits another guy who I like, kind of interested in, um, in possible a, pot- a potential signing trade, um, because his, Tobias Harris's dad is also the agent of Kelly Oubre, um, mm. who I also looked at as a, a potential candidate, especially if we do the uh, trade Tobias Harris for nothing, just to get the cap, just to get some of the um, money back in uh, cap space. Um, which yeah. which probably really doesn't give us much, especially if uh, James Harden either opts in or uh, or uh, resigns. And I would like to bring up the James Harden thing. Um, James Harden really ain't got no options. Like it just looks no. it looks like the Rockets. The Rockets just drafted a young point guard, um, and a Min Thompson. They also have Kevin Porter Jr. It just don't. It just doesn't seem like. In my my personal opinion, personal opinion. I think that they would have traded their pick or traded back in the draft if they were trying to get a James Harden or trade for something more significant that would be more enticing for James Harden to like look, oh shit, they got this and maybe they right. flip this, flip Jalen Green and go get that or some shit like that. I feel like they kinda doubled down last night, um, on what they were gonna do. I think the Portland Trailblazers another team I feel like doubled down on like what they believe and what they're gonna do going forward. Um and I just don't think there is a team for James Harden to go to. Like, I just don't see it. I mean, prior to the whole Chris Paul for Bradley Beal thing, I would have thought that the Suns would have been a good option. I, I mean, I would have taken Chris Paul for James Harden. If we knew that James Harden was going to opt out, I would have gotten – I would have been glad to get Chris Paul in and return. I would throw this out there. James Harden still has not officially opt out. Um, right. He has until the 29th. Of course, the uh, the free agency starts the thirtieth, right? If I'm not mistaken, it is the thirtieth. Yeah. Um, what is the thirtieth? Um, 
What day is that? I'm sorry, Sean. You could go on while I look up. Um, I believe the 30th is a yeah. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Oh fuck! I'm at work. Oh, that sucks. That sucks, but so much for free agency special. I mean, I called out last time. So, what's? I mean, uh, there's really not many. I mean, there's not hardly any options for James Harden, really, if we're being honest. I think now his last two options are number one, the Lakers. He probably couldn't go there in free agency, but I think there could be some sort of sign and trade, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. I think that would be the only option as far as like a huh? Austin Reeves. (laughs) I mean, I'll take him, but I think that's like one of the last destinations as far as like teams that are trying to win now that could use a guy like a James Harden. Um, And then also the Clippers. But I mean, again, the Clippers are not sure what they want to do and what their future holds. So, you know, that might not be the best option either, really. Before like my mind, I'm just starting thinking about a whole bunch of like hypotheticals with, uh, with, uh, hi, Lena, um, with, uh, With uh, the Tobias Harris, let's hop into the the next trade, um, which is uh, Chris Porzingis is now a, a member of the Boston Celtics, um, and uh, Marcus Smart is now a member of the the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, this this trade shocked me because the Grizzlies the, got the original Dylan Brooks, right? The the original Dylan Brooks, and it's crazy how I'm gonna point this out, and it might it might be a little bit of a reach. But Tony Allen left the Celtics at 29 and really went to the Memphis Grizzlies and changed, was one of the guys who changed the culture. Marcus Smart is leaving the Celtics at around 28 and going to the Memphis Grizzlies, who really need the culture to change right now. Yeah. And I think Marcus Smart puts them online. I think uh, he comes in. Especially with uh, John Morant being gone for 25 games, um, he really um, helps them out a lot in terms of mentality-wise. Um, I think he's the reverse. Um, he's the he's the. Uh, you ever see like the movies where like there's a fucking devil on one side and there's an angel on the other? He's a, he's yeah. He's the like gr- the evil twin. Yeah, he's like the the the, the gritty angel. He's the, he's gonna teach you to do it the right way, and yeah. he's smart and. You know, he's one of those guys that you love to have on your team. You hate to go against. Um, yeah. And he's just a, a leader in every sense of the yeah. word. And um, it really surprised me that they traded him because uh, the original trade was for Malcolm Brogdon to get traded. Um, and we'll talk about Malcolm Brogdon um, after this. But, like, the original trade was for Malcolm Brogdon to go to L.A. And I'm still to get KP. And I think Marcus Morris was going to go to the Washington Wizards. Um, and, it, and it's crazy that, like, this trade fell apart and then got remodeled within, I want to say, four hours. Yeah. So, like, it literally had to be, okay, this is not going to work. We really want KP. Let's trade Marcus. And Marcus has been essentially their version of Draymond Green, where, like, he's mm-hmm. the connector. He's the heart and soul. Um, what do you think about them losing, basically, probably their biggest piece, their glue piece? Well, it, it was definitely an interesting trade. I think on paper – with Robert Williams, you know, leaving, KP is obviously a great addition. He doesn't give you what Robert Williams gave you in the sense of, like, you know, just the athleticism and, like, the just toughness. Um, but he is obviously still an amazing weapon, especially offensively. 
However, the interesting thing about like Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon is that if they were going to get rid of one of them, it makes a little bit of sense that they chose Marcus Smart. And the reason why is because number one, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, proved his value in the playoffs last year. Uh, coming off the bench, being a, a an amazing backup point guard and scorer for them. But also remember, Ma- Marcus Smart had like some issues with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And you can say like that was him being sort of the Draymond Green of this team, but I just don't think they took it well. Like there was there were some comments that were made by Marcus Smart involving not just, you know, the style of play for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like basically saying that they need to learn how to pass the fucking ball like earlier in the season. But even later in the season, that he was, made some uh, comments about that was last year when they were uh yeah, losing when yeah. they were uh like before they made that run to Yeah. To, earlier in this I'm sorry, earlier in last season. Yeah. But this season also making comments about coaching. Um about you know, Joe Missoula not necessarily making adjustments in a timely manner uh, that they definitely desperately needed. Um, so it was, it was, I don't want to say it was a matter of time, but I think Marcus Smart, I think the problem is, I don't know if the Boston Celtics value that the way that the um, Warriors value Draymond. And um, you said, I just want to, you know, Bring back up something you said. You said that they made a right decision of trading Mark Smart over Malcolm Brown. I don't even know. I don't even know if they made the right decision, but I think for them it was sort of a toss up. And I think Malcolm Brogdon sort of proved that he can he can fill Marcus Smart's shoes, at least on the court. This is why I think they fucked up. I don't believe they did better without Marcus Smart for the simple fact of why that trade fell through. The reason that trade fell through was because they they uh, got Malcolm Bro- Malcolm uh, Malcolm Brogdon's um, injury report of what he's currently going through, and the Clippers said fuck no. I mean that, that makes sense. That on top of the fact that Marcus Smart, even if you want to say he had a problem with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, their style of play, after he said that shit, they went on that run. So I think they responded well to it. I don't think they were, they, I mean, it could have been like salty feelings or whatever. Like we saw PJ Tucker get into fucking Joel Bede's face. And you saw Joel's face, but you also saw what Joel did after. I feel like they responded well. And I also, I look at after an incident happened, how that team performs. Paul Reed in that game hit, what, four clutch free throws to damn near yeah. ice the game. How he responded, how he re- they responded after them was they went on this crazy ass run that what the took them from I think they were like the seventh seed to like the second seed, like they 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 went on this crazy ass run. So I don't I I mean maybe they were salty for the first couple two a couple days or whatever after he said that, but I think they responded well because look what they did. And then I think I look at that taking that piece out when they start to unravel again, who the fuck is going to bring them back? But see, this is what I meant by I don't know if the Celtics value that the same way the Warriors do. I think the Warriors probably look at the results, whereas the Celtics are looking more at the behavior. I think it's the same thing with Ime Udoka. Like, sure, what he did was fucked up, but was it worth him getting fired? No. I mean, I don't they, know. Based off I, of what came out, I don't know, especially when he just took them to the finals. So it's like 
I think for the Celtics, it's more about the behavior. It, they're thinking about it of like, is this going to be a reoccurring issue with him saying shit that gets people salty? Even if it's just for a couple of days, they're thinking about it like, is this going to keep going on? What if they don't make it to the, you know, what if they don't have that run? Then what does he do? Like, they're looking at it more so from this perspective of like, we don't know if that's the type of behavior or culture that we want to build where somebody has to say some wild shit in order to get those or some type of results. And another thing I would throw in is Marcus Smart is one of those players who gets better in the playoffs. His yeah. impact gets more pronounced in the playoffs. We saw Malcolm Brogdon not only deal with injuries, but before he was injured, not shoot the ball as well. We saw Derek White not shoot the ball as well. Whereas though Marcus Smart goes from a 33% shooter to a damn near 39% shooter in, in, in terms of threes in the playoffs, his playmaking becomes better. His ability to to com- to uh, make the other teams commit turnovers, make silly fouls, yeah. frustration fouls, like his ability to do that is going to be missed. So like my my biggest thing is like the I don't believe when the, what happened between the Celtics was him, like when, when they before they made, when they run last year. I think it was between Jalen and and, and Jaden. I I think it was between those two, and he yeah. was like. Basically went to the media like y'all gotta get y'all shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dumb two. I don't believe it was him going. I fucking I don't I don't like these guys. I think it was more so those two the two head heads of your team in terms of play uh, talent were were yeah. buddy heads and he was trying to basically put out there front of the media because like a lot of people don't like shit to go to the media but when shit goes to the media shit normally gets like handled in in, in a uh, in a, a quick manner. Of like, right. okay, we gotta get our shit together because now they're gonna be looking at us. Like, but see, that's what I mean by behavior. It's if, even if he wasn't like the direct reason, he was still the one who said something to the media, not to the. Uh, he might have been saying something to his teammates. We don't know, but the fact that he was the first and only person to go to the media with something, I think that's the type of behavior that they're like, all right, we don't need this type of shit getting out like this. And so far, it's been him every time. You know what I mean? Even with, like like I said, like some of the criticism towards the end of the year last year, like the lack of adjustments or just whatever, like it's usually Marcus Smart that's the first person to say something to the world. But also, and that's maybe what they have an issue with. Even if it does lead to some type of results, at the same time, it's like, bro, that it that probably won't work every time. You There might come a time where you end up like screwing us by doing this. But I also think look at the Warrior system. Look at look at Draymond. And you say you probably don't think they value um, Marcus Smart like they value Draymond. But also you kinda see like they kinda do. Like it was a late game situation and they drew up a play for Marcus Smart to shoot a three. They ain't throw up a play for, for one of the one of the Jays to do it. They they did they drew up that play for Marcus Smart to get that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the confidence in him is there and obviously he's tenured, he's seen a lot. He's been there, like I said, the heart and soul. You don't become the heart and soul in, in a year. You normally are the guy who's there from the beginning to, like, yeah. damn near the end. You know what I mean? Well, and Draymond I think the confidence from, from coaching has always been there. But from ownership and management, that's a different story. We don't get to see how they feel about him as much. In their eyes, him and Malcolm Brogdon, after what they saw last year, him and Malcolm Brogdon might not be that far apart. But I just don't understand how you could see somebody who's literally falling apart. Malcolm Brogdon, this is not just a been a, this isn't a new thing. Malcolm Brogdon, the reason the Bucks weren't trying to match 
his offer when he went to the Pacers because of his injuries. The reason yeah. like he they traded for Michael Brogdon for dirt cheap is because of his injuries. Like it, it's like something you it, that, but that he's also been, dirt cheap. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's dirt cheap. But if he constantly breaks down and you can't even use the dirt cheap item, and now he's getting paid twenty million dollars. His his I think his uh, contract is going up now. Um, his money he's making like twenty two million dollars now. And it's like yeah. no, like to the fact where the the Clippers didn't even want to lose Marcus Morris, who they're trying to trade. But see, the the Clippers are in an interesting position because they have the worst injury history in the league. So the sheer proposition of any player with any type of injury That's history true. is probably going to scare the Clippers off. So that that's a little bit of a different circumstance. If you went to the Blazers and said, "We'll give you Malcolm Brogdon for." somebody on a Marcus Morris level, you damn right the Blazers are giving that person up. Like, the, I think the Clippers are in an interesting circumstance where they just need guys who are guaranteed, like, going to play. I mean, that's, that could be true as well. Um, I didn't think about that, that that injury part for the Clippers, but, but like, still, just in, in a mindset, in like, like, what can you get from him now? Because I don't believe uh, – we also didn't talk about the other part, that Chris Porzingis is now a part of the Boston Celtics. Um, how that helps them. I think it hurts them more than it helps them. Um, I mean, we, we touched on it a little bit. Like I said, I don't know if Chris Tabs gives you what a guy like Robert uh, gives you, but it, it, for them, they're probably looking at it of like, maybe this is the Al Horford replacement, not necessarily the Robert Williams replacement. But this is my thing. This is my whole thought process is that I mean, well, yes, he could be the Al Horford replacement, and he's a, he would be a better thing. Is is also, he's getting paid thirty million dollars. Yeah, and th- there was talks that they're going to try to extend him, and obviously, he probably ain't going to make that money again. But also, he's getting paid thirty million dollars. Yeah. So it's like, are you going to trade Al Horford? Like a lot of people were saying, like Boston is going to be very active. Um, we see them in the draft constantly move back. Um, multiple times, multiple times. I yeah. think they moved back probably like five times in the draft. Um, traded their first round pick for a thirty first pick. Traded the thirty first pick for like the fortieth pick. Traded the fortieth pick for like they constantly move back in the draft to like I guess keep their payroll down. And like you got somebody making thirty million dollars, and you also got to throw a bag at Jalen Brown. It's like, was Chris Stapps worth it? I mean, right. he's yeah, he's a better Al Horford, but at the same time, he's not a playmaker. He right. has crazy injury history, even though last year was kind of more so an anomaly compared to his wrestling career. Um, and then on top of that, he's fucking paper thin. You're going against Giannis and Joel Embiid. And Chris Stapps is going to get eaten alive. Like, he, yes, he draws them out to, to make them guard him because he's a three-point shooter. He's basically a fucking 7-3 shooting guard. But, like, he can't do much else like his rim protection is so-so he hasn't been the same since new york um this year was his best season by far but it was just because he was healthy and like how much can you see him being more healthy in a system where like they they're usually bigs more so as pick and pick and roll um lobs like he's not you know i mean i don't see him i don't really ever see him catch a lobs anymore i don't you know what i'm saying like i don't know how they're going to really use him other than to be a stretch big, really. I mean, I, like I said, he's probably going to end up being 
the Al Horford replacement in the sense that he's probably not going to catch a whole lot of lobs, but he is, he's probably not going to catch contested lobs, I'll say. He'll get the dump-offs and, like, the more uncontested, like, dunker spot kind of lobs. Um, but it'll be a lot of pick and pop, mostly with Chris Dapps. Um, Now, with that being said, is that worth $30 million? Hell no. Uh, especially considering the fact that you've now, like we just said, you've lost Marcus Smart. You're hoping you can get something similar out of Malcolm Brogdon. You've essentially... being a father <laughs> anyway you've, you've now put this amount of faith in two players who are injury riddled right and, so and, I, I think that's the biggest thing for the celtics right now is like is your team going to be healthy come the playoffs not even because robert williams can they play as well because of injuries you got right brogdon injuries chris Stapp's injury history um Jalen, um, Jalen Brown, I think had some injuries. Uh, had some shoulder injury, had a hand yeah. injury. Like he was we, wearing a mask. And like yeah, he's, like he's, it's it's like, obviously players can overcome. We've seen it in Joel. Um, even though he gets hurt at the end of every fucking first round series. Like we've see, seen the it. thing about Joel is that he's so great. Even when he's not at a hundred percent, he's still easily the second best center in the league. He's still a. 25 point per game score plus you know eight or nine rebounds like he's still an amazing player even at 75 percent. you know what i mean so like jalen brown at 75 percent is not gonna give you 25 no. points a game and in a seven game series even even though the the celtics and like if you're a celtics fan you're watching it but we, we, we beat you we saw a lot of flaws in jalen brown like a lot like Jason we, Tatum, we Jason Tatum too, but Jason Tatum kind of redeemed himself a little bit. Um, and then, Jason Tatum had two good games. No, Jason Tatum had one good game and then a good quarter. Bro, I listen. When you drop fifty and eliminate a team, you gotta. But but see, I yes, I agree and I get that. But Joel had three straight thirty-point games. James Harden had two forty-point games. Like. I get Jalen. I mean, I get Jason Tatum's game came in the most timely like point it's, of the, the series, but at the, the same thing, time, it's the last. The Sixers had the better players the entire series, but it's Boston the last, just had the better team. It's the but now they don't have the better team. It's the lasting impression. It's always going to yeah. be what happened last. Like you sure. can like if Kawhi would have averaged damn near sixty points in a series, but he got fucking swept. Nobody's going to go, oh, well, Kawhi, look at Kawhi, he averaged 60 points. They're going to go, well, this motherfucker got swept. So he did that shit for no fucking reason. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, but we're talking about a seven-game series, though. But at the same point, he got hot when he needed to. When the season yeah. was on the line, he got hot. And the t in a closing-out game, goes for 50. And you could go, he, he did the same shit against Miami where, he, like, he went cold. He went cold. He had some hot games. He went cold in a quarter. He'll be hot. Yes, that is very much a consistency. Um, and it's something that they should definitely look into. But they're not going to do much about it. What can you do? It's kind of like with Joel. Like, Joel not scoring a lot in the last game. It's like, you're not going to go and trade Joel just because of one series. No, you're, you're going to go, fuck it. We're going to try to do our best to 
to be better than next year. And like yeah. that's literally all you can do when you have superstar guys. But when you go to back to the, the role player situation with the Malcolm Brogdon's, the Chris Epperzingis now, um, and, and, and the, the Robert Williams, like not only is there inconsistency in them, there's also the, the inconsistency to be on the floor. And I that's going to hurt Boston a lot. Um and like I'm I'm the opposite of a Boston fan, but like that trade, losing Marcus Smart shook me. Like it shook me as a I was Sixer upset we fan. didn't go after him. As a Sixer fan, as a Sixer fan who fucking hates the Celtics. I hate everything involving the Celtics. I was pissed. Because you like I don't know if it I was pissed because like what he means to our organization and how like we don't really have that guy who is not the star of the team, but like I mean I guess PJ's more so that now, but like he's still like old, he's old as hell. But like uh, the guy who's not the star of the team or not one of the stars of the team, maybe yeah. Anthony Melton, but like somebody who's long tenured, who's been there, who's seen a lot of shit, you know, maybe maybe what like if TJ if they would have kept TJ McConnell around would have been yeah. for us. Um, like even that, like loss of TJ, like hit hard because like, oh shit, that's TJ, bro. Like that's somebody we seen before the fucking Nike even sponsored the jerseys. We talk about the old ass Sixer jerseys, the the, yeah. the the fucking ones AI retired in, like, and then we see him, you know, if he was still on the team, like he's the vocal guy, like we both said he was vocal, who was getting in people's head, uh, face, shit like that. Like trading him when we let him go, when we let him walk, that shit hurt. And to yeah. see you guys do it, him being a better version of T.J. McConnell, him being there longer, seeing y'all, you know, go farther and y'all going to the finals, Eastern Conference Finals multiple times, and him being one of the main cogs of that, and y'all just, like, trade him for somebody who was on a one-year deal. Shit goes left, he leaves, you're fucked. I was, I had mixed emotions about it, because on one hand, I was very happy that we would not have to play against him in the playoffs ever again. Not ever again, but at least not next year. Yeah. On the other hand, I was very sad because I was like, well, shit, I mean, why didn't we go after him if he was available? Like, why didn't we make some sort of push to try and get – I mean, if we know we're trying to get rid of Tobias Harris – why not try to go after somebody like a Marcus Smart and then have a little bit of cap space to go and sign somebody else? With all due like, respect, I don't want no more fucking former Celtics. I mean, <laughs> I don't want no more. I don't want the no difference, more. The difference is you're. The difference is number one, you're not signing him to an outrageous deal. You're trading for him. And number two. You're not getting him with the anticipation of him being a starter and starting and being like the net, the last missing piece in the puzzle of the starting lineup. You're getting him thinking, okay, this guy is going to be our defensive or just a spark off the bench, period. He's going to come in. He's going to play probably next to D'Anthony Melton. And I probably would start him. I I don't know if I would start him. Because start him where? At the three? If if James didn't come back and you traded for him? Well, no, yeah, okay, so that's another thing. He would be great to have if James didn't come back, but if he did, that's just added depth, which was one of our biggest issues last year. I don't know. I mean, I probably would be higher on him if, like, there was rumors that he was going to be traded, 
But like once you, you already trade it, it kind of like I don't know. Like you talk, we talk about it, and it's like all right, but cool. But like it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like no, no, of course not. That's kind of like my, how my mental is. Saying, like me. that's why I was a little bit sad about it because like oh, like nobody I think anticipated Marcus. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, I'm back. But prior to him being available, if I mean prior to him being traded, I think if we knew he was available, I don't think they knew that he was available. I don't listen. I don't think. I don't listen. I don't think anybody knew. I don't think he was available. Like I'm keeping a bug with you. I don't think he was available. I think Brad Stevens wanted Porzingis for some reason. Yeah. That he was like it kind of was tunnel vision. If if it's like kind of if that makes sense, like kind of the Daryl Morey with James Harden, where it's like yeah. he wanted his guy, he wanted him, and no matter what, he was going to get him. Trading two first round picks, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and 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 um Ben Simmons, who I forgot who was the main piece of that trade, but yeah. um like for him, everybody was like that's probably too much, especially when there was reports that he was going to sign with you anyway. It just like you got greedy and was like, oh, we want to do it right now. We want to do it right now. Where you could have had all that shit plus James Harden in the offseason. Where James Harden was going to do a signing trade. And everybody knows when you sign or trade a star, the team getting a team losing the star does not get the best deal. They don't. You would have probably no. they probably would have got got Ben Simmons and probably won first, and that probably would have been it. Or probably a couple, like probably four seconds, and that would have been the trade. I think it would have probably been Ben uh, first and Seth. I don't think it would be Seth. Or, I, I mean, or Andre, but either way, it wouldn't be think both about of this. them and it wouldn't be But think first. about this. The Sixers could have traded Ben somewhere else, freed up the cap, and just signed fucking James Harden. They didn't necessarily need them. Yeah. But, like, if yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, they could have just freed up the cap, traded Ben to Sacramento, and said, hey, just keep him. And then just go, hey, come on, James, we'll sign you into the cap we have. They could have just yeah. did that. Could have. That's true. But, like, it was so greedy and to have it that you threw more shit into the trade. Because once once more, they only start, threw Seth Curry in the trade because they didn't want to trade Matisse Thibault. Yeah. They didn't, ask for, they didn't ask for Seth. It was supposed to be Danny Green, Matisse Thibault, and fucking um, Ben Simmons. And I think it was, like, one first in, like, a couple seconds. But no, they wanted to trade. They didn't want to trade Matisse, and Matisse was another part, another thing they really wanted. There was like, all right, cool, give me Seth and Andre, because the Sixers were like, we got to keep one, we got to keep one shooter on the team. Like, like you, you, you got tunnel vision, that you wanted your guy so bad that you did something that fucked up the team, because yeah. we needed that shooter, we needed that backup big because you decided to play fucking DeAndre Jordan, like we needed that. And with them trading Marcus Smart, I feel as though, like I said, when shit starts to unravel and the Jays don't see head-to-head anymore, in the, in the moments of, like, we know how, how it was. We had Ben and Joel where, like, the guys aren't really talking. And then you hear reports of, you know, this guy doesn't talk to this guy and this guy doesn't yeah. do this or these, these guys go out together and these guys don't. And, like, guys start making clicks and stuff like that. When that shit happens, who's going to do it? Like I don't, I don't see Al Horford as that guy. I see him as one of the guys you kind of go to when they're like, "Oh, cool, 
He's a he's a reliable guy. He you know I'm like a Tobias Harris. I don't I don't see I see more of a Tobias Harris mindset of of Al Horford where it's like guys come on, let's you know read a book or some shit like that. Like that's who I think of. Let's Al go Horford. to dinner. Let's go to dinner, guys. Like that's who I think of. Like a nice guy who's been around, who's seen some stuff, who probably isn't the most vocal, but like he can like kind of rally the troops. But like sometimes you need a motherfucker to get in your face and go. You fucked up. Don't do that shit again. Like, you need that guy yeah. sometimes. And I yeah. don't believe they have that no more. Because if the Jays are already going through these problems, they can't do it to each other. Because that might just requ- make one other one request a trade. Like, that, it's, it's, I think they kind of fucked up. I think the, I, I don't think the Jays stay together long. I'll say that. I don't think that union lasts much longer um i think the playoffs proved even though like you said jason tatum got hot when he needed to i think the playoffs sort of proved that under pressure jalen brown is the more consistent scorer 100 like literally um, it was it was times in the playoffs where i was like guard double jalen brown and let jason yeah. Tatum beat you like it was times yeah. where that like it might sound crazy in hindsight because jalen uh, Jason Tatum basically gamed us in that series, but like at the same time, but the series might not have went that long if you did that, right? Because right. Jalen Brown was the consistent guy. He was the he was the guy where I like I'm gonna do I'm, I'm gonna take the ball out. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this, and then you kind of yeah. slowly get yourself back in rhythm, and then we close out. Yeah. If, if Jay- I, yeah, go ahead. I, I I was gonna say I think from a coaching perspective, not even not even just coaching because. Obviously, Joe Mazzulla was a first-year head coach or whatever, so you got to give him at least a little leeway. But, I mean, this is something that's been happening since even before Joe Mazzulla was there. Like, there's this there's this idea in the league that you have to have, like, a number one guy and a number two guy, which, sure, I don't know, maybe that's the case or whatever. But there's always the opinion that the number one guy is the guy in the fourth quarter. And it's like – if Jalen Brown's been the number, like been the guy the entire game, why on earth would you come to the fourth quarter and say, okay, JT, it's your turn. Your time to shine. Yeah. And it's like, now you have situations where the guy who was scoring almost all of your points in the first three quarters gets to the fourth quarter and he's deferring. And now he's cold when they need him now. Because exactly. He's, he's like, these guys are both rhythm players. Like you see it in their game. Like right. majority of their game is rhythm. Like if they uh, if they're on rhythm, you're fucked. But if one right. of them are off rhythm, you have a chance. If neither one of of uh, rhythm, you better hope that Derek White and Michael Brogdon are doing some shit because you're nine times out of ten not going to win that game. Like that. and I think this is this is probably Jalen Brown's best case to either a get more money, oh, like a lot that. of money. He's going to get that. Or or b like ask for a sign and trade and go somewhere where he can be the guy. I'm be honest with you, the after trading Marcus Smart, who is universally loved as a Celtics nation and Celtics fan, you gotta go. You gotta give him the bread. Not just not just that, but also he was your most consistent player. But also, you can't lose the fan base. You cannot afford, and I feel like that's two losses. That's two major. But see, losses. that's the thing. I feel like Jalen Brown has already. Jalen Brown was never a fan. Fa- I mean, obviously, I'm not a Celtics fan, so I don't know. I don't live in Boston, but you get the feeling that Jalen Brown was never a fan favorite. 
But it's like kind of, it's also kind of if you don't if Jalen Brown walks right, you trade Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown walks. The fuck are you gonna do? Like no, even I think the I think the Celtics would be more upset if nothing happens than if Jalen Brown gets traded and they get something that they value in return. Like the Celtics fan base would be more upset if Jalen Brown just walks than if Jalen Brown gets traded. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think they're, I don't think they're so attached to him. I don't think he's such a fan favorite that they're that concerned with losing him. I think it's more so they don't want to lose him for nothing. Yeah. So I like, I don't know, like Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown kind of reminds me a little bit of like how Donovan Mitchell was in Utah, but not quite. But Donovan Mitchell was loved in Utah, but also Donovan Mitchell himself wasn't feeling Utah. Like, But also, but also what I was saying, obviously Tobias Harris is not, at anywhere, shape, form, breath, land, sea, air, ways close to Jalen Brown. But, like, the simple fact that we once went, like, the thing I uh, proposed to you of, like, if, if uh, obviously, we kind of were in an if situation, if, Jay, if James Harden leaves, trading Tobias, even trading Tobias no matter what. But, like, the simple fact that we are in a simple place, we're at a place where James Harden walks, the best thing for us to do is to trade Tobias for nothing. That's right. one of the, you know what I'm saying? Is like literally because it's not necessarily a bad thing, especially. I mean, I guess like like I said, it's probably not as significant because Tobias Harris is not as good as a player as Jalen Brown. But like in our case, trading Tobias Harris for nothing actually would work in terms of helping us build build the team because the cap space that will open up, and that also is assuming James Harden would decline his option. But, like, you know, trading for – I mean, I don't – also, even that, I, saying that – Well, I don't even know if I would say trading Tobias for nothing is the best option. I think the best option I mean, well, is trading one of, Tobias for Dame. One of, one, of, one of the options Oh yeah. is, like, I like think, it's, it's a I legit think, option. It's not like it's frowned upon or anything like that. If push came to shove, yeah. trading Tobias, if if James Harden worked, walked – I mean, trading Tobias is going to – it's kind of inevitable right now. It's, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the Matisse type of thing. Like when like rumors came out and people started talking and you hear like his name in trade talks, it's kind of like it's only amount of time. It's yeah. only like Tobias Harris could be traded on June 30th once free agency starts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and It would be a signing trade. Yeah. I mean, not even necessarily a signing trade. Like he's on the No, I mean like for if another player wanted a signing trade. Yeah, it'll be a sign of trade. It might be something like that. It'd be a sign of trade, or it just might be a, a not necessarily a salary dump, because I feel like anywhere Tobias goes, really, is going to be a salary dump in the in the sense that I don't think that there's another star coming back for Tobias. I think, right. I think it's more so going to be role players, and with that, yeah. like I I threw in um the Wizards, um who have a lot of role players, um that are uh, I really liked it when they had that Marcus Morris deal. Because I thought Marcus Morris on this team, the guy who kind of like a J.R. Smith, never seen a, a shot he didn't like, never lose yeah. confidence type of guy. That's kind of what we need. Um, a guy who doesn't even think about it, just fucking shoots. He shoots before he has the ball. Like, like we need yeah. those guys. And Tobias thinks about it. He dribbles. He wants to post up. Wants to wants to be a point guard. It's like, bro, we don't need that. And I feel yeah. like there's a lot of guys with a lot of teams being broken down. Um, that, you know, especially the Wizards right now where they're kind of role 
they got Tyus Jones, they got Monte Morris, um, they got uh, what's his name? I don't know. They just got him. They just got him. Landry Shaman. Like a lot yeah. of those guys, where you go, we, we trade you Tobias, Furkan, a first round pick in twenty twenty nine, and um, by June thirtieth, we also have access to uh, a first round pick in uh, uh twenty thirty. Um, June thirtieth, that that uh pick becomes available to trade. You could be in a situation where like you'll go, all right, hey, here's the thirty twenty thirty pick, top five protected for Tobias Harris. Give us Monte Morris, Landry Shaman, and whatever. You, that could just be the trade. Like Monte yeah. Morris, Landry Shaman, and then let PJ run the floor. I mean, it's kind of small, but like at the same time, it's it's it's. I guess we're getting you're what I'm like looking for, and what you've mentioned like, is who is the power forward, who is the guy that kind of like replaces Tobias Harris in terms of the size and. The, and the um, the ability to to be kind of a two way player, and and I, I like I understand that too. And like honestly, when I've been looking for trades and making trades, um, that's also what I've been looking at um, to find guys who can fit that hole. And then it, it's kind of not a lot out there unless you sign like what I mentioned, Harrison Barnes, who's basically Tobias Harris two point Like he he literally is. But only difference is he would just shoot the ball. He has no problem shooting. Yeah, um, exactly. That's probably your best bet because like it's a lot of it's more wings like six six, six five wings out there than it is like six eight, six nine yeah. guys available at least. Yeah, that's the thing. the The wings are getting smaller. Um, I mean the NBA as a whole is getting smaller. If you don't have a Joel Embiid or a Nikola Jokic, you probably don't have or a, a Wimby, or a Wimby. You probably don't have a real center at all. So the league as a whole is getting smaller. But at the same time, when you if, if you were to move Tobias Harris, you need somebody who's going to be able to defend. You need at least one person who's going to be able to defend the rare six eight six nine wing that we do come across, especially in the Eastern Conference, where you have Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Jalen. I mean Jalen Brown, not six six eight. But I would throw in like, regular season guys, Scotty Barnes. Like I would throw in know, regular season. Though I would go regular season. You need somebody to do that during the regular season. Well, yeah. But, I mean, like we talked about last time, regular season, although it's not the most important, it does matter for at least seeding purposes. No, I'm saying because majority of the people that we would go against, like if we would go against Giannis, if we would go against Jimmy, PJ nine times out of ten would get that assignment versus Tobias Harris, who would probably get the lesser of the evils. Yeah, of course. Whereas like. Tobias here, yeah, go ahead, guard Jimmy in the, in the regular season. But PJ, you gotta, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's but, gonna. But even then, like having both is still valuable because, yeah. like I said, you do have some teams where They're they have ranks. two, like, yeah. like the Bucks. Like I didn't even say Giannis, I said Chris Middleton. <laughs> like who declined his option? Who also declined his option, which was interesting. Let's talk about that real quick. I'm, I'm, what do you think the What do you think the purpose of that is? Because I was talking with a friend of mine. He said that he wants more money. I thought it might be that, or it could be that he's trying to do a James Harden, Draymond. I mean, we don't know what Draymond's doing, but he could be trying to do something where he t- resigns on a smaller contract so the Bucks can have the money to go and get you know somebody. Chris Middleton is definitely that type of guy. Where like yeah. you guys gave him the opportunity, you guys gave him the chance. He became an All Star. 
They'll give him a bag. They got a championship. You got a championship. Like, yeah. he'll go, fuck it. Like, whatever the team needs. You know, kind of like what James Harden did. Whatever get whatever the team needs, throw me the rest. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he might just be doing that. Um, But also, Brooke Lopez might be out the door. Right. There's a lot of multiple things. And this might be the, I don't know if this is the James Harden move. But, like, Brooke Lopez has been heavily, heavily linked to the Houston Rockets and they're going that they are they are a legit threat to pull away Brooke Lopez from the uh Bucks and which I don't understand because they have Singoon and he was very he was very good he was getting utilized well but also you could probably play them together because Singoon yeah. is a playmaker Brooke could shoot threes I mean they also have Jabari Smith who could uh, I don't know if you would play I don't know if you would play his his game is perimeter centric, so like yeah. he could slide down to a three. He does have handle. He can. He's one of those guys who can play whatever, especially yeah. in a Houston Rockets system. Um, I think the, this is the Rockets' attempt to be more competitive. Um, he was a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, he has changed his game completely, so he is a and plus he is a vet, so he can, you know, kind of calm down the guys. Um, in in the locker room, um, because like you know. Between f- fucking um, the Rockets, the the Hornets, and the uh, Grizzlies, they are like probably the more troubled locker room. I think the Grizzlies kind of solved their problem with Marcus yeah. Smart because he's not he's not for all that shit. Um, and then Brook Lopez, another guy who's not taking shit. Um, and you know, just waiting for the Hornets to solve their problem. And that's why I did. I did okay. And I and I it, it it's out of basketball. It's not a basketball thing. I didn't want Brandon Miller to go to 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 the Hornets. I just didn't want that for him as 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 a player. Mm. Um, as a player, it, it, it makes sense, but off the court, it does not. And that's what scared me about him going to Hornets. Where like they're like Miles Bridges. Um, what's his name? Um, they drafted Book Knight, um, yeah. Devontae Graham, like all those guys, DUIs, um, domestic, like the, just is it's no real vets there, because like what you yeah. said, Gordon Hayward's there just to collect a check at this point. Terry Rozier is not really a vet, and that you will probably want around your guys. Kelly Oubre is probably more like a party dude. Like, like I don't want him there. And obviously, if you don't know the situation, it's hard to hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they mentioned it. At least seventy five times during the draft, um, that he was in that thing where like his his teammate um, killed uh, a mother, um, a young mother, and um, he provided them the gun or whatever stuff like that. Whereas that you want him to go to a place where, even if that's not his character, and that was just a once in a wrong place, wrong time situation, you don't want him to go to a place where there's no culture set. Yeah, and all. And, like, I've been to North Carolina, and North Carolina, kind of the hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like Philly, well, especially Charlotte. It's kind of like Philly where, like, you can go, you can end up. Like, there's good places, and there's, obviously, if you stick to yourself, you're cool. But there, there's a lot of things to get lost in. It's not Miami, but, like, you you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Like, there's way I think, too I, I think there's there's – that's also one of the advantages of being in a big market, right? Like, like a Miami or a New York 
I mean, well, Miami probably would work for him because of how. Well, no, no. I mean, like one of the advantages of being in a big market in the sense that yes, like every major city in America has a hood, but there's so much other shit going on that you might do something and it might not even make the news. Where like, for example, Jalil Okafor doing a hundred miles per hour across Ben Franklin Bridge. The only people who knew about that were people who cared about basketball. And whereas like if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you do that, everybody cares because that's the biggest story in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? And now. also the Sixers weren't on shit. They won ten games that year. So like nobody was yeah. paying attention to us anyway. Even there were even less people but paying like, attention got, to it than it normally would be. But think about it. Lonzo uh Lamelo Ball, he generates a lot of attention. Um yep. Just like, but that's what I'm saying. Like the shot, the Hornets are a fun team. The story, yeah, (laughs) they're a fun team. But like, it's just like I would want it. I wanted him to go to a place where like there was already like if he would have say San Antonio would have got the number two. Like I would love him to go there. Like I just I and obviously I don't know him as a person, so I don't know if that was like I said a wrong place, wrong time type situation. But mm-hmm. like you would want a guy like that, like uh, what's his name, Jalen Carter, who just got. I was drafted. just gonna say it's just like Jalen Carter. Just just got drafted to the Eagles, where like this is a perfect situation because you got Fletcher Cox, you got all these veterans, Jason Kelsey, like you got so many veterans around him that yeah. that see his potential, that have probably made mistakes in their life, who are probably like you're seeing a lot of shit. It could go. Not only, not only that, they're they're a team that's trying to win. Right. So it's like, yeah, you may be talented, but we got talent. If you fuck up, we're not going to hesitate about letting you go. Like, we don't – we wanted you bad, but we don't need you. We were just in the Super Bowl last year without you. So yeah. if you fuck up, you're gone. Whereas in Charlotte, it's like you get six chances. <laughs> you, get, <laughs> like, you, only get, you only get six chances. You only get six. You only get six. All right? And then if you bruise up while you're six, you you get seven. But we're right? not going over ten. Get your points per game. <laughs> By the time you hit six, if you're scoring 19 to 20 points per game, we'll maybe give you a seven. Okay? Okay. And then once you use up your seventh, you only get 12 more chances. <laughs> you listen to me now. Okay? Right. You only get 12 more. Okay? We're starting right. back at zero. <laughs> you get 12 yeah. more. Like, like, if you go to a team that's winning, it's like, bro, fuck that doesn't me. necessarily need you and they're trying to win. It's like, bro, you get one chance and this is it. You're in it. Bro, you got it. You got a half a chance, bro. Come on, yeah. <laughs> show me. Do something you really cool. You have a half a chance because if you, it don't matter where you were picked. If you're coming into a team that was already winning, motherfucker, we already got a starting small forward. You gotta compete with him to even get on the floor. I don't care if you were drafted, bro. It's, they literally looking at you like, bro. Listen, we already got a, a starting small forward. We don't even know why we drafted you, bro. You were just the best person available. <laughs> like, it's literally like. I mean, I know. I know it's not like. 100% the same situation because that guy was a generational talent. But Tim Duncan, when he got drafted, like, you already got David Robinson. We're fine if you don't turn out to be the thing that we expect you to be. But we still drafted you number one because yeah. we're expecting you to be amazing. This, so please be amazing. This, this, but if this, you're not amazing, it's okay. <laughs> this reminds me of that Greg Pop, Popovich. Pop, I don't know if it's fuck of his name. Pops, Pops quote when he um had... Kevin Love and Blake Griffin, who uh, he was coaching an all-star game. And Kevin Love and Blake Griffin were both first-timers. And they, you know, they barely made it in. They were, like, the last guys made it in. And uh, I think Kevin Love was, like, third year. And I think Blake Griffin was a rookie. And he, he like, he goes, guys, we're going out there. We're going to have great. We're going to win. We're going to compete. 
And then, like, he goes to them, like, over there. They over there sit next to each other. He goes, I, I don't know why you guys came. <laughs> like, I don't know why you guys yeah, came. You're not playing. <laughs> you're not, okay. <laughs> like, you're not playing. But, like, you know, congratulations. Like, like that that type of shit is basically what it would be like. Like, thanks. Participation trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, please be great. But if you're not, we'll be, we will be fine. We'll be good. Don't know about you, but we will be fine. We'll be good. I have a job. <laughs> yeah. I will have a job. Whereas, like, in Charlotte, it's like, we need you. <laughs> Please need be great you, buddy. because we're not great. <laughs> Charlotte's, like, fucking thing for, for um, free agents. Look at this. Look at yeah. this. We have the top lawyers in all the NBA. <laughs> if you fuck up, we got you. <laughs> yep. Charlotte is, like, the Cleveland of, of the NBA. As far as, like, the way the Browns kind of go through shit, like, you got Miles Garrett hitting people with the helmet. You got fucking Baker Mayfield doing whatever the fuck. They they literally drafted Baker Mayfield right after drafting Johnny Menzel. Yeah. Like, Saquon that's how Barkley, crazy. I would point out that Saquon Barkley was in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah. You chose. You had Odell for a year. He did, he couldn't even get with it, and then you follow that up by getting the guy who's got a sexual a bunch of sexual assault cases pending, and he's your future. He was like, so like, hey, 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 we're gonna bring you in. Stop it. <laughs> put these mittens. Put these put these mittens on. <laughs> put these mittens on. Stop, right. Stop doing shit with your hands, man. Stop it. <laughs> put these mittens if on. They're not on a football. Put them in your pockets. All right. <laughs> like. Hands away. Let's fact, go win some games. Every time after after games, we're just gonna arrest you. We're just gonna put you in handcuffs yeah. so you can't do shit. Right. So next game, longest yard. <laughs> you just gonna go back to yourself. <laughs> go back to yourself. Yeah. You you ever think that there would be a situation where like there's a guy so talented that like they do something? They get him out of prison. Then they go. All right. Well. Okay. We gonna make after this deal. The game, you go back to prison. make this deal. From 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 October to June, he's free. But right back in the summer, he has to go right back to jail. Like he spends. What the fuck is your off season <laughs> training like? Like, are you sending trainers into the fucking prison to I go tell, work with him? I tell you one thing: that motherfucker's gonna be built like Ben Wallace. <laughs> like, he's Bro, gonna he gonna crazy. be and playing like Bill Lambeer. Just everything. Everything is the jury rule. Every yeah. every day. Every day. Yeah. Uh, that's just <laughs> crazy. Uh, but everybody gets Jordan ruled. Everybody. Like, bro, we didn't mean Jordan Clarkson. Fuck it. <laughs> well, my brother's name's Jordan. Like DeAndre Jordan, he's on the bench. Why did you? Why did you foul him? He's like, bro, we he can't shoot free throws. We just we just made we thought we thought if we fouled him, it's not even in the game. He's literally in street clothes. <laughs> he's... It's like, where'd you get a shank? How did you? <laughs> That's a tech. That's a ref. That's a tech. I think it's a tech. Ref, ref. He's fucking bleeding oh out. He's, he's bleeding out. DeAndre Jordan. Way off DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is on the fucking floor bleeding out. Just going like, where's the, where's the foul? Where's, where's the foul? So, I thought he was coming to shake my hand. He's like over there still trying to argue the foul. The ref is like, I don't see it. I don't see it. We gotta see it. I don't think you're bleeding enough. Like, bro. Money on the game. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we went left. This shit went left, bro. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anywho, uh, I, we can go ahead and wrap it up. We can, we can wrap it up. 
Um, well, welcome to, to the fucking podcast where, like, we talk about hypotheticals. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Crazy-ass hypotheticals. Okay. Prison ball. Prison ball. Um, Starring right, Terry Crews. <laughs> and Adam Sandler. <laughs> and Spike Lee for some reason. Right. <laughs> Directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed by yeah. Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh my god. Like Medea's the ref. Alright, listen, we're way <laughs> off topic now. We're thank you for tuning in. Uh thank you for joining us this week. Very, very crazy week. I mean as a podcast, not I mean sure as the NBA too. Like the NBA was a crazy week as well. Uh we appreciate you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell so you get notified whenever we drop new videos. If you are listening to this on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, add us to your favorites, uh, hit a follow, you know, wh- whatever you got to do, get that algorithm pumped up. Uh, and of course, follow us on the socials. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok. Uh, and then last but not least, hit up our website where you can see more episodes of not just this podcast, but other podcasts that we put out and a bunch of other content, and you can visit our store and see some of the cool merch that we got available. Marquise, do you have anything left to say? You better not say what I think you're going to say. At the Untitled Sports Podcast, we love dick. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a fucking dick joke. All right. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Oh, the Sixers signed three undrafted players who probably will never play. Yeah. Because we're not Miami. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>